Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. I had to re-record this because I started out by saying good morning. I just really feel like when I record these that you guys are here with me right now and for me it's about 7:30 a.m. right now and the sun is shining for the first time in 3 days or so. I know I haven't yet shared with everyone where I am living. I've only given some hints, but uh, I'm still here, still really happy where I am, but we had quite the stormy weekend. Uh, I spent most of the weekend cooking and baking and doing puzzles and cuddling with my kitty, and in the midst of such a calm weekend, I feel like I was served quite a few, quite a few deep lessons by God that I'm going to share with you, and I'll start by sharing a story with you guys, something that happened to me over the weekend. So I actually hate puzzles or I thought I was a person who hated puzzles. I identified as a person who hated puzzles for most of my life. I refused to do them and suddenly got this inspiration over the weekend when it was raining and decided to start a puzzle. I had some puzzles that when I bought some furniture, Someone I was buying furniture from gave me a couple of puzzles for free. And I was like, why not? So it was sitting there and I just felt inspired to start it. So I started the puzzle. I, you know, put Harry Potter on Audible and it's raining and there's cookies in the oven. And it's like the perfect vibe. So I'm really happy. I start doing the puzzle. I've been working on it for maybe two or three hours. I'm a really slow mover. It took me forever. It was a thousand piece puzzle, which for some of you puzzle experts out there, maybe that's not that much, but for me, it was overwhelming and, and massive. So it took me forever to get every piece organized, laid out on the table with the color side up. And I like to organize it so that all of the outside pieces are in one area. And I have this this method of organizing. So it took me forever. I was really proud of myself, started putting it together, got a good portion of the outside border put together and was feeling like this, just this sense of accomplishment. Like I thought I hated puzzles my whole life and here I am doing one and I put so much time into it. It felt so, it felt so good. So went to bed feeling really proud of myself. So I woke up the next morning and I come into the living room, which is where I was doing the puzzle the night before. And the puzzle is, I would say about a quarter of the pieces are scattered around the room. And of course it was my cat. Didn't even think about covering the puzzle. I just, yeah, I let her run free at night. And so I woke up and I was, I was so angry. I, I was so upset. It was 
the magnitude of, of how I felt was not in line with the actual scenario. I was so angry. I felt like someone had robbed me in some way or betrayed me or done something really awful to me. And speaking of my cat, she is running around playing right now. And I'm just going to keep on recording. Maybe we'll get the background noise out. But if you hear it, that's what's going on. She can always... Cats are so intuitive. If you have one, you know. They can feel the energy. She always feels the energy when I'm on client calls or podcasts. Anyways, so I wake up and I'm looking at my puzzle and I'm seeing the pieces scattered and I'm cleaning it up and I am just pissed off. Like I was so... I was fuming and I couldn't even couldn't even look at my cat. I was so angry. And so I, I put the pieces back on the table. I I spent maybe 30 minutes fixing up the puzzle. So it was back to how it was. And then I decided to cover the table. So I put my jacket over the table so that most of it was covered. Then I went on to make breakfast, doing my thing. And I come back into the room and my cat's gotten under the jacket and it's back to how it was. Pieces are everywhere. So I go and So I go and I get a couple pillows and I put pillows plus the jacket, plus a couple other things I find around the house to cover all parts of the table. And I'm like, this is perfect. There's no way she can access any of the puzzle pieces now. I come back and, you know, 10 minutes later after finishing breakfast, and of course she's found a way. And my jacket is strewn to the side and puzzle pieces are everywhere and nothing I was doing was working. And if you guys are listening to this, sitting here like, okay, Kristen, why are you telling us a five-minute story about your cat and a puzzle? I promise you there is purpose behind this, so stay with me here. So I was so pissed off. I literally had to just like – I had to scream. I was so angry. It was it was so weird. The amount of anger I was feeling was overwhelming. And then I was like, okay, let me try something else. And so I – I tried locking her up every time she went on the table to teach her not to do it. I tried making loud noises to scare her when she got near the table. But in the end, cats are going to do what they want to do and nothing worked. I just couldn't control the scenario. Nothing I was doing was allowing me to protect the table. For some reason, I didn't think to do a simple Google search, which I did later and found a bunch of solutions that would have worked a lot better. But in that moment... I was running on emotion and trying everything and nothing was working. And I was not willing to just lock my cat in the other room for the next few days. That just felt evil to me. So I finally left the house for a few hours and I go out to get in my car to go somewhere and I open the door and I get in the car and I go to plug in my phone because I like to listen to audiobooks when I'm driving and my aux cord is gone. I'm like, what is going on? This is so weird. I just drove last night and used my aux cord and I would have had to literally unplug it and take it out of my car and I didn't do that. No one was in my car. What happened to it? It was the weirdest thing and I looked outside the car. I looked under the seat. It was nowhere. So there was no other way to connect my phone. I didn't want to drive in silence because I was already so angry. I wanted to calm down. So I turn on the radio and I've never, I never use the radio ever. <laughs> I always connect my phone or my card, car is old school. And there's actually a place for CDs. I got CDs from the library. 
So I either listen to the CDs or I listen to audiobooks on my phone or a playlist on Spotify on my phone, never the radio. So I turn it on and it's on, I don't know what station it was, but it was playing worship music. And I know I've mentioned in past podcasts how I've reclaimed the worship music that used to feel so connected to God when I was in high school, but I kind of turned my back on for so many years because of religious trauma and I've, I've really reclaimed it in the past year and, and found deep connection and comfort in it again. And so of course that's what was playing. And it was like the, the music that I used to love to listen to when I was younger and immediately it calmed me down. And it was like, I just felt like in that moment, God was saying to me, Kristen, eyes on me. I'm in control here. There is always a plan. There's a reason that ox cord was gone and you have no idea what happened to it. And so after driving for a few minutes, I calmed down. The music really helped. And then I tried switching to the next station. And of course, the next station was a reggaeton station, which is my favorite kind of music. So it was almost as if God was like, okay, Kristen, eyes on me, but also let's party. Like, let's have some fun. Let's play was my message that day. And when I got back to my house after being out and doing everything I needed to do, I got out of the car and literally laying right in the path next to the car. Like you couldn't miss it. It was laying across the path like a snake was my ox cord. And it was not there before. I am telling you there was a timeline shift because I looked, I was looking for the ox cord. I would have seen it. It was so obviously laying right across the path, right next to my car. Like right when you step out of the car, it was one foot away. So It just felt like it was so divinely planned and orchestrated. I have no idea how it happened. And it got me thinking, okay, if this small scenario was divinely orchestrated and it clearly had a reason and I felt really cared for in that situation and and seeing how it played out for my good and even a really small way, I started thinking about the puzzle again. And I started thinking, okay, why is this puzzle situation happening? What is it teaching me? I felt like there was something there. And my initial thoughts about the puzzle, I was like, why am I so angry? And my thoughts were, I spent so much time planning everything about this puzzle. I put so much effort into it. I had planned, you know, how many days I was going to work on it. I had spent so much time organizing it, getting all the pieces exactly where they were meant to be. It had looked so beautiful. I felt so accomplished for what I had already put together. And I just felt like that had all been taken from me, all of my hard work. And it was so frustrating and started thinking, and I was like, this is exactly how I feel about my life. The old life that I just said goodbye to, because if you... If this isn't your first podcast episode, you probably know I've completely changed everything about my life in the past, you know, four months or so. Everything, everything I thought would last forever, just kind of, I let go of everything and it was so hard. And I think there's this part of me that was still holding on to that because it was like, yeah, in this old life that I had, I did plan everything. I was really proud of what I'd accomplished, the community I built, the relationships I built, the home I had made a home, the life I had created for myself in this place where I was living. I was so proud of that life and I had put so much effort into it and I had put so much planning into it. I had poured all of myself into it. I had poured all of me into that life and I was so, I felt so accomplished and so proud of what I had created. And it was on a smaller scale, of course, exactly how I felt about the puzzle. 
And so when something out of my control came along and AKA my cat in this scenario and knocked all the pieces all over the floor, I was so upset and it was like everything I did to try to protect the pieces and everything I did to try to control and protect what I had put together failed. It was like I had no control and it was so frustrating because I wanted to control it. And looking back, this is exactly what I had been doing in my life right before I transitioned. It was like a part of me knew that the transition was coming and I was so resistant to it. I was doing everything I could to protect and control the life that I had created. And it wasn't working. It was like everything I every time I tried to to control and and just protect and kind of prove to myself that no, this is the life I meant to have. Like I I put so much into this. It's mine. I'm keeping it. And the more I, I gripped, the more I tightened my grip on that life, the more chaotic things got. It was like there was this if my life was a puzzle, it was like there was a huge hand just sweeping the puzzle pieces off the table every few weeks. And I would put them back frantically and try to protect it. And then they would get swept off again because I was ignoring and resisting the inner truth that this chapter of my life had expired. And it was directly related to my experience with the puzzle. And so of course the anger I was feeling when this puzzle was getting destroyed by my cat It wasn't about the puzzle. It was about this part of me that hadn't been expressed yet, who felt kind of, who just felt, yeah, angry that all of the effort she had put into this life, everything she had built, everything she had accomplished and worked so hard for was just, could just be wiped off the table like that over and over and over. And at the time, of course, looking back, I'm like, that was all divine protection. It was a redirection to where I'm meant to be because I'm so grateful to be where I am now. There's nowhere else that I want to be in my life than exactly where I am. And I wouldn't be here if I hadn't had the courage to leave everything else behind. But it was really, really damn hard. And I think a lot of us, we know that something in our life has expired, but we're unwilling to leave because of everything we've put into it and all of the goals we've accomplished. And and all the energy we've poured into it. But I don't believe that's all for nothing. I think it's important to pour everything you have into exactly where you are in life and what feels good and alive in that moment. But I think it's also important to remember that this too shall pass. Nothing is meant to last forever. I think there are some things in life that are meant to come for a season, whether it's a person, a place, a career, all of the above. Some things in life are perfectly aligned and they are meant for us and we're meant to pour everything into them, but they're not meant to be a lifetime. They're meant to be a season. They're meant to be a lesson. They're meant to be a chapter. And if we try to make something that's meant to be a season or a chapter, we try to stretch it into a lifetime. That's exactly what's going to happen. I'm imagining like you have a rubber band And the rubber band is meant to fit a certain length, but you're trying to stretch it to a hundred times that length. It's going to get worn out and is eventually going to begin to, to break and then eventually snap. The same thing happens with our lives when we try to stretch something out that's not meant to be past that season. It creates chaos and eventually everything will snap and it doesn't feel good. But it's because we resist the difficult part of letting go of something that we're proud of or that we put a lot into. 
but I want to kind of reframe that. And this puzzle experience kind of, it helped me because, okay, all of this happened and I went back to the puzzle and I was like, you know what? I can do this. I am calmer now. I've figured out why this is happening to me. I'm going to do it in a much more relaxed, chilled out way. So I took most of the puzzle pieces off of the table. I had to restart everything. I took all the puzzle pieces actually off the table. And then I only, I spent about an hour or so. And I only put back the pieces that were end pieces, border pieces that had a flat side. And so I started putting them together again and I was feeling much more relaxed because the whole table was not full of puzzle pieces. It was much less overwhelming. I was much more calm. I was enjoying it a lot more. And I decided, you know what, when I'm done, I'm going to do what the internet said. I was going to try covering the table in tinfoil because apparently cats don't like tinfoil. So I had this big plan and I was feeling much better. And I was like, yes, this is the lesson. Like the lesson was, Kristen, you need to slow down. You don't need all of the pieces on the table. You don't need to control everything. You can just, you know, one thing at a time. Like, yes, I figured it out. So put another maybe hour and a half, two hours into the puzzle. I don't know. And I get to the end and I put almost all the pieces together. And I realize that there's at least, I would say 40%, if not close to half, at least 40% of the end puzzle pieces were missing. I'd put almost everything together and the border wasn't even half put together. Like the, the border of the puzzle. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Because I had already gone through the, like when I put the pieces on the table, I went through the puzzle one piece at a time to be certain I got every, every end piece. And I had scoured the room to get every single puzzle piece that my cat had thrown around. I knew I hadn't missed anything. And I was like, this entire time, this puzzle was missing most of the pieces or at least a lot of the key pieces no matter how hard I tried, I could never have put this together. No matter how many blankets I put on the table, no matter how many hours I put in, it's almost like my cat was trying to do me a favor. My cat was trying to say, hey, Kristen, this isn't going to work out the way you want it to. It's going to be wasted time and effort. This isn't the right puzzle. The pieces aren't all here. No matter how hard you try to control, you can never put together a puzzle the way you desire to when the pieces are not all there. And that, that was the real lesson. I looked back at my life and it was like, no matter how hard you try to control and you feel like that invisible hand is just swiping your efforts to the side, it's always divine protection because maybe you're trying to put together the wrong puzzle. Maybe you're trying to fit together a puzzle when the pieces are half missing and you can't see it yet. And that was me trying to control my old life. And yeah, I did let anger needed to be validated and validated and let out. I did definitely have a screaming session in my car, a big release of the anger and the frustration. But then I got to say goodbye to that control mechanism. And then I got to ask myself, where, what are the control mechanisms that I'm still hanging on to right now in my life? Where am I scrambling to control, to protect, to put the puzzle pieces together when maybe it's the wrong puzzle? Maybe the pieces aren't all there. Maybe I just need to take my hands off so God can put his hands on. That was the, the big lesson I learned. 
It's like that invisible hand is swiping some things away that we've put so much effort into and we've poured ourselves into and we're just trying to get it back. But really what's happening is God is saying, hey, take your hands off of this so I can put my hands on it. And that might mean that when I put my hands on, I create a clean slate first. But it's only because the puzzle you were working on was never going to work out. And I'm saving you the time and the effort and a lot of pain. Because it's painful to experience a new beginning or a clean slate, whether it's in your whole life or just one small area. But every single new beginning starts with a painful ending. Pain is a portal that rebirths us into new beginnings. So yeah, it's painful when God wipes the slate clean in one area of your life. And for me, it was my whole life. But it's not as painful as you sitting around trying to put a puzzle together, putting everything into it, only to get to the end and realize that it was the wrong puzzle. Sometimes if we just were willing to take our hands off of something, right? Like something I like to always say is give your problems spaciousness. Another way to put that is take your hands off so God can put his hands on. But sometimes we're so terrified of what will happen when we take our hands off. What happens when we stop trying to protect the puzzle? Like in my case, what happens if I stop putting the pillows over the puzzle and the jackets and figuring out how to protect it? When I stop doing that, when I take my hands off, it means I'm giving my cat full permission to destroy it, to wipe it clean. Same thing in our lives. When we take our hands off of something, it's scary because we're giving that invisible hand. We're giving God full permission to do whatever he may. And that might not look like what we want it to look like. And it probably won't feel comfortable, but we are guaranteed that when we take our hands off and we let God put his hands on, even if it's not comfortable, even if it means a clean slate in an area that we don't feel ready for yet, even if it hurts right now, It's guaranteed that it's still protecting us from deeper pain and hurt. And it's also leading us down a path that we wouldn't have been able to get on on our own. One that leads to more miracles and blessings and and fulfillment and love than we could have ever imagined. So the invitation here is, where in your life are you being invited to take your hands off so God can put his hands on? Where in your life are control mechanisms still running? Where in your life are you scrambling to control, to protect, to hang on really tightly to something or some things or person or people? Where are you unwilling or afraid to let go? And the next invitation or challenge is, are you willing to experiment with taking your hands off for a period of time? And just seeing how God works in your life when you do this. How life begins to shift to support you. Even if in the beginning, it feels more messy and more painful. So it was an interesting weekend. That wasn't the only lesson I learned. There were many lessons. I can't even share all of them. But I had another experience. I actually don't remember if it was before or after the puzzle experience. But I had another experience where... I was kind of, I woke up in the morning feeling off. I 
I was talking to my best friend and I literally said, I feel like I just can't shake it off. I don't know. It's like there's something heavy that I can't shake off that's ready to go and I don't know how to let go of it. And I moved through that entire day feeling just off and kind of anxious and in a bad mood and not knowing why there was no reason at all that I could find or think of. Nothing had changed. I just, I'm sure some, a lot of you can relate to this. I just was feeling off for no apparent reason. So toward the end of the day, I'm in my car driving back home from my silks training and a song came on and I don't know if any of you, of you have crying songs, but I have a couple crying songs, the songs that just kind of help me with emotional release that, that I used to listen to it when, you know, in down times in my life. So a lot of them, when I hear them and there's some sadness within me, that sadness gets pulled out. So of course my playlist is on shuffle and a crying, my crying song comes on and immediately I'm overtaken with this extreme wave of grief it was so bad. I almost pulled over and I was five minutes away from home. So I was crying so, so hard and I got home and the crying turned into almost like overwhelming screaming. And it was like this, like crying and screaming at the same time. And it was, it was this, it was as if someone had died. It was like, I didn't even know where it was coming from. There was no story behind it. There was no, I didn't understand initially where the grief was coming from, but I let it run through me and it was the most intense wave of grief I've ever experienced. It was, I was crying so hard. I felt like I almost needed to throw up. It was so intense and I just let it run through me. And eventually throughout the process, I started, there were certain things that started to trigger in my mind. And what kind of came to me was that this was part of the grief of letting go of my old life. And it's been really an interesting experience for me having this dynamic between I am really overwhelmingly content and happy in my life right now. And I don't want to go back to the life I said goodbye to, but at the same time, I'm experiencing these waves of grief for the life I said goodbye to. So it's this dynamic, this paradox between extreme contentment and extreme grief. And it's been a process of realizing that they can coexist And my grief for what I've said goodbye to doesn't take away from my contentment for what is right here and right now. And it also doesn't mean that I meant to go back to any of it. It's just moving through me. And so this experience, I think, was just this, I don't even know what to call it. It was kind of all of this coming together. And what I realized actually was that throughout the entire day, I had been denying my sadness and repressing it because there was almost a part of me that was like a part of me that I needed to prove to myself that no, I'm fine. This was the right choice, right? This life I'm in, it's really good. And if I'm still after all of these months crying about that old life and those people in that place, that means something's wrong, right? That means that I made the wrong choice or maybe I'm not as happy as I thought I was in this life. And to me, it almost felt like this failure or this point of shame to be still grieving over what I had left behind after like I should be over this right that was kind of this unconscious thought pattern I didn't realize was running it was almost like just needing to prove to myself that I'm on the right path and and I was going to prove that to myself by being only happy and being okay and not feeling the sadness and of course I teach all the time that to not do this but I'm human and we all experience these 
processes and unconscious repressions of certain things. And we don't always realize why it's happening. So it took me the entire day to figure out that this was running under the surface. This, this storyline I'm needing to prove to myself that I'm on the right path by not feeling sad about leaving my old life behind. And when I let it finally run through me, when I surrendered to it, it was overwhelming grief. It was maybe 20 minutes in my car of just the most intense crying, screaming grief release I've ever experienced in my entire life. I could barely breathe. And in the end, I, I almost threw up. I started feeling nauseous and I got out of the car and like I was dry heaving and almost threw up, but didn't. And it was just, and immediately after that experience, I was overtaken by this wave of calmness, this wave of peace. It was like immediately the sadness was gone. I felt at peace. I felt content. It's like I had dropped deeper into myself, into my heart. And I automatically felt safer in my body and in my life. And I was no longer sad. (laughs) Went into my apartment and cooked myself dinner and had a normal evening and never felt a trace of sadness. And I woke up the next morning feeling really light and in a really good mood. And it was like the heaviness had gone. Whatever I had talked to, I talked to my best friend the previous day about needing to shake something off. I had literally... I'd, I mean, I didn't literally shake it off, but I had almost like puked it out of my body. I didn't actually puke, but I had released it. I had this intense release process. And the next day I had so much clarity and inspiration. I felt so grounded and centered in my life because I had allowed myself to experience this. And I'm sharing this to show you what can happen when you allow yourself to be with the pain, when you allow yourself to be with it without forcing a story. And I also believe that there is no point in time where you quote unquote should be over something, whether it's a breakup or a friendship breakup or a relationship breakup or a place that you're mourning that you had to leave or a job you left or a time period in your, there could be a million things. That thing that you haven't been able to get over that you've been shaming yourself for not being over yet. You can let go of that shame and judgment. It's okay that you're not over it. I think that when our hearts break, you know, it's a permanent crack. I just don't think that our hearts are ever meant to be the way they were before our hearts broke because when your heart broke, it it broke you open in a really good way, in a beautiful way. Sometimes we're sent a lot of really painful experiences to crack us open. When our hearts are open, we're open to all the love that we actually desire. We become more receptive. We're open to receive the miracles and blessings that are meant for us. I've spoken about this a lot, but the process of opening our hearts can oftentimes be painful. And I I just, a question I've been asking myself this, this past week, while I've been really present with these waves of grief and also the waves of joy and letting them coexist is, does the heart ever stop breaking once it's broken? And I the conclusion I've come to, what feels true for me is that it, it doesn't continue to break, but the crack doesn't go away because it's not meant to, right? The crack is where the light comes in. The crack is serving you. And I think it's healthy to continue to process grief or sadness over long periods of time. And I don't think there's ever a period in time where you're supposed to be or should be completely over something. I think our humanity is so much more complicated than that and much more nuanced. And I think it can be confusing because we can quote unquote, get over something, think we feel good. And then it comes back. 
and it makes a lot of people feel like there's something wrong with them or why am I regressing? But for me, what I believe to be true is that adulthood is a constant process of letting go and coming to terms with endings. And the better our lives get, the more endings we come to terms with, the more goodbyes there are, the more letting go there is. And that's just the cycle of life. Every part of life, there's always a cycle of death and rebirth. I always think of the Phoenix or like Fox, if you're a Harry Potter person, I always come back to the Phoenix. We want to be reborn or reborn through the flames. The flames have to burn away what is no longer meant for us. And just because something was meant for us for a season doesn't mean it was less important, less special, less valid, that the love was less real because it just because it didn't last forever. I just believe that certain things are meant for us just for certain seasons. It's, they serve us for a certain reason, but they're not meant to, everything that we love is not meant to come with us to everywhere that we are meant to go, which can be a painful truth. But I think in order to reduce suffering in life, it's important to have these kind of, to face these harder truths of life, not necessarily harder, but painful truths sometimes. We create more suffering for ourselves by creating these stories about how life should be. I should be over this. I shouldn't be grieving. There shouldn't be so much I have to let go of. Life should be just stable. And just before this, actually, I saw this reel on Instagram. I wish I remember who it was. I don't. But it was this reel and this, this guy shared this experience he had where he was talking to someone about how he just wished that life could just be stable, right? He was in a low and the low was just so low and the highs were so high. And he was wondering why it couldn't just be the stable in between where he just kind of is happy and stable all the time. And the person he was talking to gave him this example of think about your heart rate in a hospital. It's up and down. There's high highs and low lows. And if it were to go stable in the in the middle, that's a flat line. You're dead. That's not the human experience. And that just really hit home for me because I know I've had this experience and I have clients who are in this experience right now. When you're in the low low, all you want is that stability. You would give anything to just be in that stable medium all the time. But that's not humanity. That's not what we signed up for. That's numbness. That's the same as living but not really being alive. That's when we've almost like sold our souls. We've, we've cut ourselves off from our own souls. And the conscious path is the harder path. It is much more difficult than the unconscious path. It would be much easier to stay unconscious, much easier to repress the pain, to focus on pleasure, to fill that gap. Many people live like this their entire lives, but the conscious path, the difficult path, it's a trade-off for numbness. And when I'm in those highs, when I'm experiencing that kind of love and joy, I wouldn't trade anything in the world for it. And I think the only thing that we can be certain of in life is if we're brave enough to open up and walk the conscious path and open our hearts and allow that pain to be experienced and face the difficult truths of our humanity in life, the only thing we can be certain of is that when we do let love in, when we do allow ourselves to live from this place, to live and act from love, 
it is going to hurt. Period. It is going to hurt. And I think that the only way to allow yourself to open up for the kind of life that you're meant for, the life that's meant for you, the miraculous life, the one where you experience a depth of love that can't even be described in words and depth of joy and peace, that kind of life, you can only open yourself up to actually receive that life, even though you're meant for it. You can only open yourself up to receive it if you're willing and also open to feeling the pain that will inevitably come with it because we're not flatlined on the conscious path. We are in the highs and the lows. That is our humanity. That is our humanness. And so when you're willing to open yourself up to the pain, it oftentimes does reduce the suffering because there's so much suffering and avoidance and resisting. And the pain becomes more cathartic. And you're also opening yourself up to everything you deeply desire on a soul level. And honestly, when I was in that emotional release experience, I didn't, it was weird. It was like, I didn't feel sad or the way that I usually experience sadness. It was like the sadness was moving through me, but I wasn't feeling bad. It was, yeah, it was cathartic. It was, and I, I, I was having these thoughts while I was in this extreme crying and screaming. And it was like, if someone had seen me, they would have probably thought that my whole world fell apart and everyone I loved died. Like I, it was extreme. But I, I had this almost out-of-body experience where I was like watching myself crying and just thinking, this is interesting. Like I am having the most intense grief experience I've ever had in my life. And I don't feel sad actively. Like, yes, I'm crying and it's grief, but it doesn't feel bad. It was just moving through me. There was no resistance to it at all. And I think oftentimes the part that feels what we label as bad or creates more suffering is our resistance to what's moving through us or the stories that we create around it, the judgments. And I think that the more receptive we are to what is without trying to shift it and, you know, without trying to change the moment, the less suffering there is. And of course, everything all this weekend was so synchronistic. When I was doing the my puzzle, like I said, I was listening to Harry Potter on Audible, the books on tape. I am a Harry Potter nerd. I was listening to book five. For all of you fellow nerds out there who want to know what part I was listening to, I was listening to book five and spoiler alert here. If you have not read or watched book five or movie five of the Harry Potter series, and you don't want to know what happens at the end, fast forward the next two minutes of this podcast, because this is going to be a spoiler for Harry Potter. But I was at the part at the end of book five, when they come back and Sirius has just died. If you're not a Harry Potter person, Sirius is Harry Potter's godfather. He has no other living family members. His parents are dead. So his only living family member who he loves has just died and he's experiencing extreme grief and he's in, he's speaking with Dumbledore and there's a moment where Dumbledore is trying to comfort him and he says something along the lines of, but Harry, like what you're feeling right now, this is your greatest strength. This is what makes you human. And you know, Dumbledore's big thing is our capacity to love is our greatest strength. And that's what Voldemort, Harry's enemy and enemy of the entire world of Harry Potter, doesn't have. 
is he doesn't have the ability to love, but he also doesn't have the ability to feel pain. And so Dumbledore is telling Harry, like, this is your greatest strength. This is what gives you the, you know, leg up from Voldemort is you have the ability to love, but that also is the same thing as your capacity to feel pain. So that is your humanness. And in that moment, Harry responds something along the lines of, then, well, if this is what it means to be human, I don't want to be human. And I had to pause Audible in that moment and just, I mean, I've read Harry Potter a million times, but in that moment, that line hit home because I know that feeling so well. And I have clients who know that feeling, that feeling of being in that low and just saying, if this is what it means to be human, if this is what it means to be open and to attract everything I want. And oh my gosh, my kitty just jumped onto the table I'm recording on, came up to my mic, meowed into it and walked away right at that exact moment. She felt that energy and was confirming for us. But what I meant to say before she interrupted was that, yeah, I know that feeling. And I have clients who have been in that feeling and expressed that to me as this is what it means. Like, I just don't want to be in this anymore. Because sometimes when we're at in those low lows in the void and the mush, it can feel like that. Like, wow, it hurts to be human sometimes. It hurts to be open. It's so much easier to close ourselves off, to walk the unconscious path, to repress it all, to push it away, to close ourselves off. Like really this love, this joy, this peace that's described, it can't be good enough to, for me to have to experience this. And it just like, I love this example because I'm such a Harry Potter nerd and I just, I know a lot of you are as well. And if you're not, just bear with me. I'm almost done. But it's such a good image for me to think of Voldemort and to think of he chose the path fully of closing himself off 100% from love, which also meant not having to experience any pain or any heart heartache. And look what became of him. And it's in a very obviously extreme example. And I'm not saying you're going to become Lord Voldemort <laughs> if you close yourself off, but that's kind of, that's a choice. The price we pay for numbness to be human is to feel the depth of pain to feel the depth of the hurt, but then we also get to feel the depth of the love. And that's what I love about Harry Potter is you get to see the depth of the love and the friendships and the beauty of the relationships and, and the strength that love really brings. And in the end, how it is, the pain is all worth it. And, you know, I think it's really helpful for those of you who love stories or fantasy or fiction, stories like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or the stories that we can really see ourselves in, I think we draw so much strength and inspiration from stories, whether they're real stories or fantasy, although that can be argued in my opinion, it is all real, but that's for another podcast. But I think that these stories exist in this time period, especially this really tumultuous time period where the world we're living in is really tumultuous. There is a lot of darkness and and evil really right now, there is spiritual warfare going on. There is a lot going on in this world and it can be scary. And it takes a lot to be centered and open these days and to be open to all of it and to not numb ourselves off. Not, I mean, not to mention how much we all have going on in our personal lives, but the external world is crazy right now. There's a lot of pain and a lot going on. 
And I think that it's not a mistake that these stories exist. The stories that a lot of us draw strength from. The stories where love prevails and love prevails over the darkness, where love has already won. Stories like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or Narnia. I don't think it's a mistake that so many of these stories became so popular in our childhood because those of us that grew up leaning on these stories were now the adults that are living in this really real reality. Like there's moments when I'm reading these books or watching these movies, specifically for me, it's Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, where there's these, these quotes or these moments where I have to pause and be like, wow, that is my reality right now. It's not a mistake that we had these stories, we grew up with these stories to lean on because it's, and it's, it's because right now it's our generation that is shifting the story in the world right now. We're the brave ones who are shifting all of these generational patterns and choosing to live from this open place and we're choosing love. And we're choosing to believe that love has already won in our lives, in the world, in every scenario. And that no matter how painful it is, love is always worth it. And wow, this episode went way longer than I imagined on that topic. I had a whole nother topic I wanted to speak on, but I just feel like this is complete and I'll record another episode for next week on everything else I wanted to speak on because I feel like this message should be left as it is because there's a lot of depth to it. And I'll leave you with one thing that someone said to me this past weekend and it was that many of us are unconsciously acting for love when we're meant to be acting from love. And that's the invitation this week is where in my life am I acting for love rather than from love? Can I open my heart just a little bit more? Can I open my heart a little bit more to the love that is already here for me and allow that to fuel me in my actions? Because there's a big difference between, or I'll just put it this way, someone doing the right thing from a misaligned energy is no longer doing the right thing. It is more hurtful, energetically speaking, than someone doing the quote-unquote wrong thing from aligned energy. It's not the black and white action that matters. It's the energy behind it. What matters more than what you are doing is who you are being and where you are acting from. Is it from your heart? Or is it solely from your mind or your unconscious? And I guess the divine message of this episode was love. Didn't even plan to get into all of the everywhere I went. I guess it's typical. Is there any episode that ever goes to plan as I plan it? Never. God always has something else that he desires to share through me. So... I also wanted to share that Rebirth uh, is starting next week. I'm really excited. I filled a lot of the seats and then I felt really inspired for the first time to open a scholarship option, which I've never done before. And I received over 65 applications for the scholarship option. I was absolutely blown away. Like I, it brings tears to my eyes. I can't believe that that many of you feel, feel called to this container, to this work. It's, it's such an honor and I'm humbled. 
and I'm actually spending today watching all of the video entries for the applicants and I only expected to have maybe 10 applications. I only have a few spots to fill, but I'm, I'm going to create something else as well uh, because yeah, you've all really inspired me with your applications. A lot of them are bringing me to tears and I'm really excited about this next phase of my business. It's this next phase of everything for me is really God-led. It's really surrendered. And I'll share more about that in the next episode because I don't want this to get too long. But what I wanted to say was I am so honored for all of you who applied to Rebirth. By the time that this episode gets published, the applications are scholarship applications are already closed off. Invitations will probably already have been sent out. However, if you feel called to one-on-one work with me, I have two spaces still available. Uh, You can send me a DM on Instagram or apply. The link is in my bio or the link is in the show notes to apply for one-on-one mentorship with me. I can feel two people really strongly. I never take on more than three to four clients at a time because I give my everything to them. So if you feel called to really intimate one-on-one work with me, that is available. I also have two spots left on my spring retreat to Greece. It's called Unleash Your Radiance. We already have 11 women signed up. Two more spaces are open. If there's anyone who would like to claim them, who feels called to coming to Greece with me and spending uh, five or it's, what is it? Five nights, six days together on a beautiful island in Greece, just softening, relaxing, opening our hearts, connecting sisterhood. And if you feel called to more of a group space, you want to kind of more dip your toes in, I may have something opening soon, but I don't have confirmation on that yet. So stay tuned. And I am so honored that you made it all the way through the podcast. We're almost what, like 50 minutes in now. So thank you for being here. As always, if this touched you in any way, it would mean the absolute world for me. If you would take just a minute of your time and leave me an honest review on iTunes, it really helps me and it helps me to get the podcast out there. So thank you so much for being here. If you're not connected with me already, I am on Instagram as at pursuit of bliss with an underscore app after it come say hi. I love when you all share the podcast there so I can reshare it and I will see you all next week. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.